This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for September 18th, 2020. Josh and Kirk look at all the announcements after Apple's latest event. There are two new watches and two new iPads, sort of, new subscription services like Fitness Plus, and the release of new operating systems for just about everything but the Mac. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. This week, Josh is in an underground secured location, escaping from the California fires. Is that it, Josh? Yeah, the air pollution was getting kind of bad, and I had an opportunity to leave the state for a little while. so. I'm I'm hiding out somewhere right now. This was a busy week. Apple had this event on Tuesday presenting new products. Did you have time to watch it? I did watch the keynote, yeah. And you know what? There were a lot of things that I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. That's kind of confusing. And I haven't really had a chance to read a lot of commentaries about this yet or or watch things. Uh, Sometimes I, I watch YouTube commentaries, you know, from the, the the pundits, the experts. But this time I didn't really get much chance to do that. Um, and so I'm really interested to see what you have to say about some of these announcements. Okay. First of all, just a, a little bit of terminology. It's an Apple event. I've been wondering why they don't have a better term. You said keynote. It's not a keynote anymore because a keynote is a, a keynote address generally that that launches something like the Macworld Expo or the WWDC. So they have this bland term, an Apple event, which doesn't sound like anything because it really was a, a one-hour commercial, basically. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, it's not like it's on one stage with a special one speaker or anything like that. Yeah, even even Keynote is kind of an outdated term almost when it comes to Apple events. Um you know, just be, because they have such a, a variety of staff members from all over the company who are, you know, supervising this or that. I, I don't know. I don't know what you call it other than an Apple event, but yeah, it is sort of a weird <laughs> product term, announcement. I, I think they should just call it an Apple product announcement. They did a better job this time, in my opinion, compared to the WWDC. Uh, it, it was really disturbing because at WWDC, the cameras were constantly moving horizontally while people were talking. They meant the background was moving. It made me really dizzy. Here, the cameras were fixed. They maybe had multiple cameras for some people. Um, it wasn't as fast as the WWDC, which tried to fit a lot in in two hours. This one was just an hour. It did cover two major products, a new service and a new services bundle. Um, but the, I thought the pacing was better. I thought there was a good variety of presenters. Um, and I thought the, the little bit of humor with Craig Federighi stepping into the frame accidentally a couple of times was interesting. Yeah, I did like that. It was it was uh it was funny to see the way that they do the flyby. Um also, it's kind of I'm curious how exactly they they re, uh they film that because it seems like a drone shot for a lot of it. But then they they go through the window and then they go out of the window into another building and it's it's curious how how all that comes together. They're doing some some fun film magic. Maybe Apple needs to make a making of to show us how these things work. Yeah, actually, I would love that. I would watch it. 
Okay, so first up was the Apple Watch, and and let's just remind listeners, if they're not aware, that the iPhone 12 has been delayed. Um, We don't know when it's going to be announced or released, but it's going to be sometime in October. That allowed Apple to make the Apple Watch 6 the marquee product of this presentation. Now, you've got an Apple Watch. Which generation do you have? I believe this is a fourth-gen Apple Watch. So you're two years out of date now. You're not getting a new one, are you? No, no, I I don't... um... The, the thing for me, I, so I had a, a series one, that was my, my first Apple watch, um, which is not technically the first one that was released, but it was yeah. made to be like the original, but with a better processor. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I had that for a while and, um, and it was pretty much sufficient for my needs. And then I upgraded to the series five thinking that Apple was probably, uh, going to stop releasing updates that were compatible with the series one. It turned out uh, they didn't end up doing that. Um, but that was kind of the main reason that I updated. The series one might be too slow anyway with, with the current watch OS. Well, that's, that's kind of the thing is like, even if they did come out with an, uh, a new operating system for it, um, it's, it's not the fastest. It's not that you necessarily need a super fast watch, but I also liked the idea of uh, having the always on display as well. Well, so uh, the Apple Watch Series 6 is pretty much like the Series 5. There's not a big difference uh, except for the pulse oximeter, which measures blood oxygen. I'm going to link in the show notes to my article on the Intego Max Security blog where I discuss this. I find the um, idea of including this sort of medical testing device on consumer products a bit problematic that there have been a number of doctors who've suggested, well, this might be useful for some, but not everyone. And the early Apple Watch uh, reviews have come out today, and a number of them are saying that the blood oxygen testing isn't very accurate. Uh, people have had to move the watch to a specific place on their arm to get it to work. And I'm really not sure that this is essential. There aren't too many people who can benefit from this. I hadn't seen those reviews, but I do think that the pulse oximetry is one of the most important new features. I mean, it's really just that and then the brighter display, right? So, Well, the display is not actually brighter. It's only brighter when you don't lift it up. So if you've got, let's say you've got your wrist on your desk right now and you look down at your watch, it's kind of dim. Um, when you lift it up, it gets brighter. So now when it's resting, it's going to be brighter than before at a lower refresh rate. Um, I think Apple spun this as you might be doing a workout and want to check your watch, but you can't move your wrist, that kind of thing. Right. Or they also mentioned that if you're outdoors, um, you know, in bright sunlight and that kind of a thing, then it it would be nicer to have a brighter display without having to raise your wrist. Yeah. Right. Um, but the pulse oximetry though, to me, that, that seems like the main new feature, I don't know. And you mentioned in your, in your article that you wrote um, that Apple may be kind of overselling pulse oximetry. I, I do think it's, it's a good thing um, that they've added yet another way to measure something related to your health. I, I mean, that's, that's always a good thing. Um, pulse oximetry can be important for certain people. If you have asthma, um, it's very important. If you, um, you know, uh, there's a number of, uh, of different medical problems that can be exacerbated by uh, not having a good blood oxygen concentration. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons why this is a nice a- addition to have. Um, it's, it's definitely something that I would want. It's just not something that I need right now. And so I'm willing to wait another couple generations to get a new watch. 
What you could do is buy the new Apple Watch SE. So that's coming in kind of like the iPhone SE at a lower price. Um, the standard Apple Watch Series 6 starts at $399. Um, the Apple Watch SE starts at 279 And interestingly, the Series 6 in cellular is 499 but the SE in cellular is only 329 So on the Series 6, you're paying $100 for cellular. You also get more storage and a couple other things with cellular. It's only $50 more with the SE. One of the reasons they released the Apple Watch SE is because they have this new family setup feature. So if you want your kids to have Apple Watches so they can communicate with you and you can keep track of them, they don't need to have their own iPhones. If you've set up a family group, you can register their watches on your iPhone and organize that. So your kids can have watches without needing iPhones, and you could call them because they get, I think, a virtual phone number. You could message them, track their location, etc., Okay, yeah, the virtual phone number is the thing that it wasn't clear to me in the Apple event when they were kind of explaining this. So they, they talked about how you can have, uh, you know, kids in your in your family who have an Apple Watch SE, and they talked about how it can be paired with an existing iPhone that maybe a parent has in the family, but they didn't really talk too much about how exactly that works. Um, and so that was something that I was kind of curious about. But maybe maybe that makes sense. Maybe it's virtual phone numbers, or maybe it's really just um, you know you have an Apple ID that's set up with it somehow, and that's yeah, uh, it's using FaceTime audio maybe or something like that. But with the Apple Watch SE, you mentioned that I could up- upgrade to that. So what's the difference between like a Series Five and an Apple Watch SE? Is there really any significant difference? Yeah, that might not be that much of a difference to be honest. Um, so in that case, don't bother to upgrade. Just get a Series 6 or wait until next year. To to be honest, um, last year, the marquee feature was the always-on display, and I find that really useful. Um, This year, there's really not a big difference. If anything, the biggest change is new watch bands. They have what they're calling the solo loop and the braided solo loop. So these are bands that have no clasp. You have to print out a document on the Apple website and cut it out and put it on your wrist to size it. And basically it's, it's like a rubber band that you stretch and then you put it on, you put the watch on and it, it stays on your wrist, but they have 10 different sizes. And if your size is off by one, remember, I don't think any Apple stores are open. So everyone's doing this by mail. I think a lot of people are going to find that it's either too loose or too tight and they'll have to exchange it for a different size. I like the idea. Um, I'll tell you why. Whenever. You know, I live next to a farm. I'm in a rural area. Whenever we go to the theater or whenever we go into London or anything like that, I make sure to wear an Apple Watch band that's not the sport band. Because the sport band, any pickpocket could take that off your wrist really easily. So if I put my Milanese loop, for instance, that can't be taken off. And I think the idea of these new loops makes them a lot harder to be stolen in cities. I mean, this shouldn't be the reason why you buy an Apple Watch band, but it's certainly something I've thought about because the sport loop, since I'm usually on the last hole of the sport band, it can come off relatively easily. Now, I presume that you can buy one of these solo loop new bands and use it with an existing Apple Watch if you already have a previous model, right? They're still compatible. Yeah, and... Yes. And I think that's one of the most brilliant things that Apple did with the watch is that they've made this connector. Um, I mean, if you've ever had to get those little pins out of a watch band into a normal watch, those little springy pins, you know how hard it is. And it's so easy to change them that I confess um, Apple watch bands are my Jones. Um, I've got about a half a dozen of them because 
it's just that little bit of whimsy. I've got my yellow leather band on. I'm showing you here over Skype. Um, and I like having different bands. I think it's kind of nice. And yes, they're overpriced, but um, the, the ability to change them in seconds is really useful. So when they moved from the 38 and 42 millimeter up to the larger size, so 40 and 44, the connectors are the same size um, for the small ones and the large ones. Right, right. And also, I mean, there's a pretty big market of third-party bands that you can get as well. I mean, uh, they're not as good quality usually, but, but, but there's a lot of options available. The cheap ones, I've had a few cheap ones that are terrible. You can get some expensive third-party bands. There's some really nice leather bands. They're as expensive as Apple's bands or almost. Um, but the cheap silicone bands, not worth having. Okay, let's take a break, and then let's talk about the new iPads. You already know that Intego loves Macs. After all, Intego has been making world-class Mac security software since 1997. But did you know that Intego Antivirus is also available for Microsoft Windows? If you've got Windows running on your Mac, either in Boot Camp or in a virtual machine like Parallels, VMware, or VirtualBox, make sure to protect it from malware just like you protect macOS with Intego Security Software. Intego Antivirus for Windows is also a great solution for your friends and family members with Windows PCs. Download a free trial of Intego Antivirus for Windows today. And when you're ready to buy, use the link in the show notes for a special discount. Don't use Windows? Don't worry. We've still got a great deal for you. First-time buyers of Mac Premium Bundle X9 can get Intego's powerful Mac security and utility suite at an incredible 40% savings by using coupon code PODCAST20 at checkout. Intego, makers of the best protection software for Mac and now for Windows, too. Okay, new iPads. Um, I know you're not a big iPad user, but did this new iPad Air tempt you at all? Well, okay. So first of all, let me let me say that I thought it was kind of strange the way that they introduced the new iPads because there's two. They talked about the iPad 8th generation and uh, then they talked about the, the new iPad Air and that's where all these new great features started to come in. Uh, and the iPad Air, I'm, I'm a little confused here. Okay, so now there's four iPads in the lineup. You've got the iPad Mini, which is an older model now. Um, you've got the iPad Pro that was updated earlier this year. And then you've got the two newly updated. There's an iPad 8th generation and an iPad Air. All of them are... Uh, roughly the same size, except for the mini, and except well, and with also the exception that there's a bigger pro. Um, and so it seems like what's going on here is they're updating the eighth gen, probably for people who want a bigger size but at a lower price that don't need all the hardware features. Is that kind of what's going on here? Yeah, it is confusing, isn't it? Um, you, you've got it right. The iPad mini, the iPad 8th gen, or as I like to say, the plain iPad, because it doesn't have a word after it, um, the iPad Air and the iPad Pro. I'll link to my article uh, on the Intego Mac security blog that I just updated, which iPad is best for you, 
when I last updated this article in the spring for the new iPad Pros, it was pretty simple. Um, the choices were the Pro was way ahead of the others. And if you wanted the small one, it's the mini. But now the iPad Air may be almost as good as the Pro. We won't know until it ships in October how fast it is. Um, but it has Apple's new fastest A14 processor. Um it kind of gets in the way. It makes you wonder, will the iPad Pro continue? One of the advantages with the iPad Pro is you can get a 12.9-inch version. It's quite large and quite heavy. The iPad Air is only 10.9-inch, um, and these these point measurements are really confusing sometimes. But the iPad Air, when it was first introduced, it was meant to be the thinner, lighter iPad. If you remember the early iPads, they were about as thick as two iPads today, Right. Um, they came out with the MacBook Air, which Steve Jobs famously pulled out of a manila envelope on stage. And then the iPad Air was kind of matching that to the previous iPad. Now, over the years, it's morphed into, well, this is an almost iPad Pro. So faster processor, um, the same type of display as the iPad Pro. So there's no Touch ID button, but it doesn't use Face ID. It uses Touch ID on the power button, which I find very clever um, implementation of Touch ID, particularly uh, in this day when Face ID can be problematic when you're wearing a mask. And I hope that the iPhone 12 has Touch ID on the power button as well. Uh, in terms of some of the features, the iPad Air has got a little bit less. It's got fewer speakers. Um, the display is a little bit, let's say, inferior, but you and I, we wouldn't notice it. Um, but it's getting up close enough to the iPad Pro that I'd recommend to anyone who wants a good iPad and doesn't want the entry-level model to avoid the iPad Pro and just go for the iPad Air. Yeah, well, and like you mentioned, the Touch ID on the power button, that's pretty innovative, it, it seems like. I mean, Apple is saying that uh, this offers security that's just as good as any previous Touch ID the implementation that they've come out with. Um, so, I mean, that sounds pretty impressive and I like that that means that there can be less bezel, you know, that, that unused region all around the edges of the, of the iPad. Um, it's, it's nice that, uh, they can reduce that and not have a notch or any other, you know, things that might be sort of a, a blemish on the beautiful <laughs> look of the, the front yeah. of an iPad. Um, so I think I think for a lot of reasons that makes a lot of sense, and and well, of course, like you said too, if if you are in public and you're wearing a mask, good luck unlocking your device. So um, this feature must be coming to the new iPhone that will be presumably coming out next month or so, because it's it's such a pain <laughs> when you're in public and you're trying to use uh, your iPhone. I, I've I've had to actually leave my iPhone unlocked in my pocket. Because I'm so tired of always having to pull down my mask every time that I want to, you know, do something with my phone. Um, like, say, when I'm at a grocery store or something like that and I want to check my list, I don't want to constantly have to pull down my mask and hold my phone in front of my face every time. And as we mentioned recently, when we were talking about passcodes, you have a very long alphanumeric passcode. So it's not just typing six digits when you take your phone. Um, I have a longer numeric passcode. Um, so it takes a long time to open it. But it's not even that. I got a new car yesterday. I had to get some information out of my 1Password database. So I had to unlock the phone, then type my 1Password password. Um, and that means taking the mask off, you know, for longer than I really wanted to. 
I, I kind of wonder if the next iPhone is going to have both Face ID and Touch ID. Um, I think, you know, component costs would be increased, but in terms of flexibility in, in a time of COVID, I think it would actually be quite useful. That actually could be really cool if they, if they do end up having both. Um, I, I think at the very least, they, they've got to do the, the Touch ID. I think it makes a lot of sense right now as the 2020 <laughs> released phone. Okay, so moving on, Apple has a new subscription service called Fitness Plus. Um, it's, as they say, it's powered by Apple Watch. It works in conjunction with um, an iPhone, an iPad, or an Apple TV. Uh, strangely, not with a Mac, but I guess it's just the way that the Apple Watch communicates with other devices. You get to watch these videos, and it shows real-time information, like it shows your your workout time, it shows your rings, etc., on the screen while you're doing it. And this looks like your typical sort of exercise video, full of people who are incredibly fit and could, you know, play sports in the Olympics. Um, so not for everyone. Um, it's going to be $10 a month, $80 a year. There's a three-month free trial. The only thing I hope is that they have a lot of programs for beginners or elderly people or the disabled, the kind of people who don't really consider doing this sort of thing. Um, they're, they're attacking a market that exists, this sort of subscription uh, workout thing, but linking it with the Apple Watch, which is collecting your data, I think it's very clever. But this is a really intriguing way that you can work out without having to be exposed to other people in your own living room and the comfort, you know, of your, of your own home. And uh, it, it seems like it could be really useful for the right type of person. If you mentioned that for people who are not super fit athletes, if they want a sort of a beginner program, they did talk about how there are uh, some things that could be relevant for beginners like they have yoga they have mindfulness exercises and those kind of a thing um so if you're on the beginner end of the spectrum those kinds of workouts would be probably i guess the entry level right and and maybe you can work up your your way to uh to a more um active cardio type workout well, but not everyone can do that kind of workout. Elderly people, handicapped people, they have to have a different level. Maybe Apple's going to come up with things like that. Because it, what it sounded like is beginners is just to get you used to the idea of doing workouts. But I think they need to um, cater to a broader audience. The, the same way, and from the very first Apple Watch, I complained about the three rings, the three activity rings. The red one is the move ring, and this estimates the amount of active calories you've spent. The yellow one is the exercise minutes ring, so how many minutes of what the watch considers exercise you've completed. And the blue one is the stand ring. You could always change the goal on the move ring, but you couldn't before watch OS 7 change the other two. And I know that in my case, I can go out for a half hour walk and set my watch to an outdoor walk workout, be at a very consistent pace. And in a half hour, I may get seven minutes of exercise. Um, other yep. than that, um, I'm in my home today and I haven't gone out any place, but I've got four minutes of exercise minutes. So it's always frustrating that you just can't close the rings before um, because it had to be 30 minutes. It was too fixed. So uh, I'll link to an article on my own website where I explain how to do this. Um, you can change the uh, exercise ring from 10 to 60 minutes. Uh, you can change the stand ring, the stand goal from six to 12 hours. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I, I don't really have a problem with my stand goals. I, th I, I think it's actually kind of good for me to make sure that I'm standing up since I have a, 
a job where I'm sitting a lot of the time. But uh, it does uh, kind of make sense probably for some people to be able to adjust the, the exercise goal. Um, now, I, I like that they, in addition to having fewer exercise minutes, you can also increase it to more exercise minutes if you have uh, a higher goal. So, Right, that, you can that go up to sense. 60 minutes, and there are a lot of people who might want to do that. Yeah. Now that's something I didn't know. I don't know. I don't think they mentioned that in the, in the Apple event. Um, No, they didn't. But that is something that's, yeah. Now, now because that's a watch OS feature, you don't, again, you don't need a new watch in order to do that. That's something that everybody will get with watch OS seven. That's correct. Which of course is out now. And we were all surprised on Tuesday when they announced that iOS 14, iPad OS 14, TV OS 14 and watch OS seven were out Tomorrow, so Wednesday, they came out. Um, listeners, you've probably updated all your devices. Developers were quite surprised because they weren't really able to have finished their apps and submit them. So if you have updated, you may find apps that don't work on I, iOS 14 and iPadOS 14. Or you may find that apps just haven't been updated to take advantage of the new features in these operating systems. This is a typical thing. Whenever there's a new iOS or macOS update, a major new operating system, it's often a good idea to wait maybe a day or two um, to make sure that some of your really important apps that you use every day and can't live without have been updated. It doesn't hurt to to wait a couple of days usually on on something like that. Unless you just have to have the new features, but um, it's not that important for most people. Right. Yeah. Now, however, it it is worth noting that security updates are something that typically comes along with these updates as well. And so with macOS, at least, you do get updates for existing uh, operating systems, the two previous um, operating systems. And with iOS, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do this time around. Because in uh, so last time with iOS 12, it would still get some security related updates. Um, and so I'm curious to see whether they do that with iOS 12 still, or whether they're going to do that with iOS 13, or whether it's just going to be iOS 14 only getting updated going forward. This was kind of a new thing when iOS 13 came out for them to also update the previous iOS. So uh, it remains to be seen what exactly is going to happen there. Okay. And just to finish up, the services bundle, Apple One, um, is going to give you three possible packages. The first one is Apple Music, Apple TV+, Plus, Apple Arcade, and 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. And you can get this for $15 a month or $20 a month in a family plan. If you're in the US, UK, Australia, or Canada, you can choose to get Apple One Premier, which also includes Apple News Plus and Fitness Plus, and with two terabytes of iCloud storage. That's $30, and you can share that with a family plan with up to five people. Um, the reason for the country limitations, because Apple News Plus is only in those four countries, I don't know why they haven't put Fitness Plus in another bundle for people who don't get Apple News Plus, but you know, this, this bundle's not going to be out uh, for a couple of months when Fitness Plus comes out. So maybe they'll change things by then. Or announce, you know, additional countries that maybe News Plus will be available in or something. You like know, that. I don't think that because Apple News Plus is not 
been very popular among publishers. So I think that Apple is not going to go beyond these basic English language countries. Well, in any case, um, it, it is curious to see that Apple is kind of doing like you, somewhat similar to what you suggested with having sort of a bundle of services. Apple has all these different services. And so it, it makes sense for them to, to sort of package some of these things together so that if you do have a lot of Apple subscriptions, that now you can manage them all together and not have to, you know, have separate ones that are all, you know, being built to you. Um, and you do save a little bit of money if if you happen to be using all of these services already and you now just bundle them together, you save a little bit of money. Well, if you have a family plan, if you have multiple people in your family and you get the Apple News Premier, then you save a lot of money because 30 bucks for everyone to get access to all of these features is really quite good. Well, that's that's a fair point. Yeah, it all depends, I guess, on whether your family members also are using some of these other services. So if you're primarily the only user of these services and you just think, well, okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll give this access to the rest of my family, it probably makes sense to, to get one of these bundles because now you, you can add a, additional family members. Uh, as long as they're going to be actually using these services, then that probably makes a lot of sense. Well, the, the sort of anchor service there is Apple Music. So if you've got an Apple Music subscription and you've got family members, if you've got kids, they're going to want to use it. Um, for that alone, uh, you pay $15 a month for an Apple Music family plan currently. If there's a couple more features that are useful for you, so two terabytes of iCloud storage, that's $10. Apple News Plus, that's $10. Uh, Apple TV Plus is $5. Fitness Plus is is $8. No. Fitness Plus is $10. So if if everyone's using Apple Music, then it's almost a no-brainer in a family situation. I just wish that there was a different version of the premier subscription for people who don't have a family. I think it's worth mentioning that the two terabytes of iCloud storage is something that makes a lot of sense for a family because you may have many devices that you want to back up to iCloud and the default, you know, storage that they give you is just not good enough if you've got pictures and videos and things that you want to back up. So two terabytes of iCloud storage actually could make a lot of sense for a family if you want to make sure that you're not losing any of those important family vacation pictures and videos or baby's first steps or those kind of things. Okay, that's enough for this week. I've ordered a new Apple Watch, and we'll probably won't have it for next week, but we'll see. Other than that, Josh, you're not getting anything. No new iPad, no new watch, no Fitness Plus? No, none of the new products or services, but um, definitely I will be updating all of my devices to uh, to the latest operating systems. That's That's, I think, something that's worth doing. I don't know really what is new in in tvOS and I haven't read too much else about watchOS other than what we've discussed so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what new uh, features and things are available in those operating systems but uh, I'll be checking those out and getting all of my devices updated over the next couple of days probably as I return to civilization and have <laughs> better internet access so okay Josh until next week stay secure all right stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you'd be so kind, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast 
can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software. Intego.com.